Welcome to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont. We are coming to you from beautiful downtown Conroe, Texas on Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Each week on this program, we'll be discussing key topics to empower you to succeed with the job search and your career. In addition, we'll share with you the latest career-related news and jobs data you can use to land a new job and make more money. And boy, do we have a lot of jobs data to share today because a lot of positive news out there. Our goal with your career is to share with you insider secrets and tips you can use whether you're looking for a new job or just want to make more in your existing one. On today's program, we're going to discuss tips on following up, but also how to start right on the job. And most importantly, we are going to discuss really, uh, you know, it's interesting because it's a topic that when you think about it, accounting and numbers and everything else, you think about it and it's like, wow, this is really boring stuff, right? But we're actually going to make accounting exciting today for you. And, and we're going to show how you can use financials and some accounting principles and apply that both in your job search and starting on the job to really get off to a strong start. So uh, before diving in, those of you who don't know me, my name is Todd Bermont, author of 10 Insider Secrets to Winning Job Search and founder of TCC Learning of League City, Texas. My company, TCC Learning, has created an online program to empower you to land your dream job. To learn more, visit www.tcclearning.com. That's tcclearning.com. Now for today's program. I am really excited because, as I mentioned, we are going to make accounting exciting today. And I have a wonderful guest on the program, Heather Bain. And uh, Heather is a CPA and instructor for University of Phoenix, and I've had the pleasure of knowing Heather for almost a year now. Heather has been a tremendous mentor for me as I've, uh, early in the year, I entered my company into the HCC New Spring Business Plan Competition. And with Heather's incredible support and guidance, my company won the competition, beating out 60 entries and 30 finalists that actually participated in the competition. So later in the program, Heather's going to share with us how you can use accounting throughout your job search and starting right on the job to, in, uh, to achieve incredible success. Heather has a way of making accounting interesting. I can't wait. Also, for those of you who have tuned in to the last eight programs, if you've been following our tips and secrets, you likely have now landed a new job. In today's program, I want to share with you a few tidbits on how to start right on your new job. However, before bringing Heather on and, and discussing that, like to cover some really exciting jobs data today. Uh, first of all, the weekly unemployment report. This was the best report in years. Only 225,000 people filed for first-time unemployment claims. Well, that's still a lot of people. It's the lowest number since 1973. Boy, when I think of that, about that, I was only nine years old back then. Of course, now I'm dating myself. All right, but seriously, this is great news. And other great news, housing starts jumped almost 26% to a nine-year high. And, uh, and some incredible news for Texas, in West Texas, the largest oil reserve ever was verified just this past week to have over 20 billion barrels of oil. This is incredible. This will help ensure that Texas is an economic powerhouse in the years to come. 
On top of that, the stock market is trading near all-time highs. What does this all mean? Great news for Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas job seekers. I don't know about you, but I can just feel the momentum in the air. There are loads of reasons for optimism coming into the new year. One of the most exciting topics to discuss, though, is starting right in a new job. There are few things in life more exciting than the first day of a new job. Just like it's so important to make a great first impression on the interview, so too is the case with the first day on your new job. In today's world, no job is certain. Regardless of the job, when, when you start, you're often on an initial 90-day trial, and you want to get off to a flying start, and likely, if you do so, you're going to be there for many years to come. However, if the first 90 days are a struggle, you may wind up looking for another job in 90 days, so we don't want that to happen. So let's focus on the positive. Let's look at some of the key elements of starting right. First of all, understand and prepare for all the contingencies you're likely to run into. Before you start the job, you're likely going to have to take a drug test. So in the careers college, we talk about how long each drug stays in your system for. At the end of the day, I'm not here to make a judgment on what you might or might not do, but suffice it to say that there are consequences for actions. So just know that likely you're going to be asked to take a drug test. So uh, you can make your own determination on how to proceed from there. Um, background tests are also something that uh, the employer may run on you. So it's so important to be absolutely accurate on your job application because if you fudge something on the application and they find out about that in the background test, your job is now done. So it's very important to be honest throughout the entire job search process. They may also run credit checks. So you can get a free credit report by uh, going to annualcreditreport.com, and we'll put a link to that on the show page. And by the way, you can get lots of information from our show page on irlonestar.com slash your career. So I highly recommend you visit the page each week, and you'll also be able to get links to our guests as well. Now, uh, secondly, as far as starting right on the job, you want to set strong goals for your first week on the job. Let's look at 10 sample goals for the first week. Number one, complete all the HR administrative tasks. Number two, you may need to get a laptop and a cell phone that's issued by the organization. Number three, a great goal might be to learn the organizational structure and who will support you on the job. Number four, it's important to know the process for accomplishing Key activities. Five, you want to confirm the goals and objectives for the job. This is one of the most important things because at the end of the day, if you're not on the same page as your boss, you're going to have a difficult time getting off to a strong start. So it's very important that you absolutely confirm the goals and objectives on the first day and your first week on the job. Understand the reporting process. Determine and understand the metrics for success. Know how you're going to be reviewed. Know how you're going to be measured. It's so important to get off to a strong start. Learn who had the job before you and understand what you're going to be up against. You may need to get an email address set up as well. And then one of the most important things you can do for the first week on the job, I highly recommend that you sit down with your boss and outline a 90-day plan for success. Now let's discuss what to bring with you on the first day on the job. Be sure to bring with you everything you need. I have worked for companies where if you did not have everything you need for the first day, you didn't get paid on time with the first paycheck. 
So it's so important that when you get an offer letter, be sure that you bring everything that they ask you to bring. So let's look. There are 10 items that you'll likely need on the first day. Uh, you'll need one of two forms of picture ID, driver's license, passport, etc. You'll likely need your social security card. Potentially, you might need a copy of your birth certificate. Uh, any requested signed contracts or agreements like a non-compete agreement or an employment contract or something like that, you might need that as well. A completed copy of the job, job application if requested. A note, Certainly a notepad and a pen you absolutely want to have. A list of emergency contacts and their contact information. One thing a lot of people forget to bring is a bank deposit slip for your checking account or uh, bring a voided check for your checking account so that way you can sign up for direct deposit and have your paycheck directly deposited into your bank account. Uh, Completed insurance forms. And finally, the most important thing to bring with you on the first day on the job is a positive mental attitude. So like we've discussed earlier, there are a few things more exciting in life than starting a new job. Follow the tips we discussed and you will be on your way to a successful career. So with that, you're currently listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont on Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5, 106.1, and IRLoneStar.com. Got a question or a topic you'd like covered? Check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Bermont. Now stay tuned as we'll be welcoming Heather Bain after the break. Have a legal question? Are you a resident of Montgomery County? Call 281-645-6344 to talk to a volunteer attorney from the Woodlands Bar Association. We answer the phones on the first Monday of every month at 281-645-6344 from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. to provide general legal information and information about legal resources to Montgomery County residents. Hi, I'm Mike Sasser, your host of the Health Hour, right here on Long Star Community Radio. I'd like to invite you to tune in to my live show each Wednesday starting at 1 p.m. I like to say it's an hour of health news you can use. Be a part of the conversation by going to MikeSasser.com and clicking on Contact Mike for my email, Facebook, and Twitter links. The Health Hour with Mike Sasser every Wednesday at 1 p.m. on Long Star Community Radio, your local source for healthy living. You're going to need me. You're going to need us. All of us. You're going to need our help with your water, your air, your food. You're going to need our determination, our compassion. You're going to need the next generation of leaders to face the challenges the future will bring. And we promise we'll be there when you need us. Today, 4-H is growing the next generation of leaders. Welcome back to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont. Each week on Your Career, we'll be sharing valuable information you can use to further your career and land the ideal job. Now let's dive in on today's core topic, and that is how you can land your next job by focusing on the financials. I'm so excited today to have our guest, Heather Bain. Heather is a CPA, MBA, and CMA. Boy, that's a lot of letters. And uh, Heather is an accounting, also an accounting professor at the University of Phoenix, Houston campus. And uh, Heather's core business is offering 
CFO services and management advisory services, helping small businesses succeed. And I can personally vouch that Heather has just been an incredible mentor uh, to me and my business. Heather's clients engage her firm's services for guidance through periods of transition, such as an initial startup, new product, or business segment integration, software migration, even mergers and acquisitions. And in addition, Heather can help with the reduction even of accounting personnel. You know, those of us small and medium-sized businesses that are on a tight budget, uh, any savings that we can uh, recognize can absolutely be a major help, and Heather can absolutely help in those areas. Heather's firm, Bain CPA Strategies LLC, serves clients throughout the state of Texas. So with that, Heather, I'd like to welcome you to the program. Thank you, Todd. Heather, as you know, the core of this program is all about how to land a job and improve your career. And uh, and today we're talking about starting right on the job. But I'm really curious, you know, for those of us who might be looking for a new job, but we're not accountants by trade, what kind of information should we know about prospective employers prior to our upcoming interviews? Well, Todd, it's important for a candidate to know whether they're they're actually interviewing and starting with a company that's in a good financial position, especially that they are registered in the state that they are doing business in, um, where the candidate will will have legitimate withholdings that they will be paid on their paycheck, and that the company will have a going concern, which means that they will they will survive at least the next calendar year. You know, that's, that's a great point, Heather, because true story, a part of my career, uh, I took a job back in, what was it? It was 2007 with a company that was publicly traded, but, um, traded on the pink sheets, if you will. So, uh, already that should have been a bit of a red flag, uh, red flag for me that could be a bit of a dicey scenario. And um, about six months into the job, the company was having a lot of financial difficulties, and I was working in a remote office, and uh, pretty much on my one-year anniversary, the company eliminated all, like, seven or eight of their remote offices due to financial issues. Um, so you you bring up such a valid point with that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm curious, like, what are some things on the financials that you can look to, to to give you an idea of the financial stability of a company? Well, you want to look at the profitability and liquidity and obviously their debt to equity ratio. Um, most companies, uh, well, all public companies have to disclose their assets and and the revenue streams that they that they have. And so it's important to to look at their balance sheet and their income statement, and then also even analyze a little bit of the cash flow statement to know how much of their money that they that's coming into the company is from loans and from selling their equity versus actually generating revenue through a legitimate business purpose. That that's a great point cuz you know I remember back to the internet bubble back in uh 
what was it around 2000 2001 time frame i think uh to where you had all these companies that were their stock prices were flying through the roof and everything else and the only metric they were being measured on at the time was how many clicks were on their website or how many visitors went to their website and they weren't really measuring well is this company actually getting making any money and um you know, I'm curious for those of us who aren't accountants, uh, you know, I always struggle when looking at a financial statement. What, what's the difference between a balance sheet versus an income statement versus uh, a cash flow statement? What What are some, maybe if you could help our listeners what the differences between those are and what they do. Okay. Well, that's a great question um, because it, most of my students struggle with the difference between assets and revenue. Um, revenue is is generating from the sale of whatever the business, you know, the services or the product. And that would be, the revenue would be found on their income statement. And then expenses are subtracted from the revenue to get to the income. Okay. So the, the P&L, as it's referred to, um, which is also called income statement, is where a, a candidate would look to see how much annual revenue is being generated and and what the profit is and that's an that's an important um, metric you do need to know how much money the company actually earns or whether it has a loss the balance sheet is just one point in time which is usually the end of the calendar year sometimes the end of the fiscal year and that shows the the assets and the liabilities and the owner's equity, which is how the difference between the assets and the liabilities. That's where a company will reveal how much money it owes to other companies and and owes to the bank, and versus how much the actual owners have in the company. And sometimes very large assets do not mean that the company is doing well, because it may all be leveraged with debt. And so a candidate needs to look at the balance sheet and see if the company is what they call solvent, which means they have enough assets that they could actually cover all of their debts. Interesting. So is there a particular ratio that people should look to as far as giving some hints on how solvent a a company is? Well, yes. In fact, all of the ratios that you that would be used on the with the balance sheet would have to do with the assets. So for the most part, every item on the ba- on the balance sheet would be divided by the total assets, and that helps a candidate understand if um, if the debts are actually more than the assets, then the debt to asset ratio is not is going to be greater than one. Does and, that make and, sense? And, and then so so that would be a negative. Well, it closer sign. to one. It would be closer yeah. to one is what. Mm-hmm. And and that would be a, a, a negative red flag in in your mind then. Yes, be, it's mostly important to just take all of the all of the liabilities mm-hmm. and subtract them from the assets. There should be something left, and if there's, if the assets are not more than the liabilities, then there's a problem. 
Yeah, because then that means that there's probably not going to be much runway and, and much, uh, probably not a lot of room for error for the company as a whole, uh, if that's the case, right? Because they're so leveraged. Right. And there's always the debt to equity ratio, which means that you're looking at how much of the company is actually owned versus financed. So there are several leverage ratios, but all of that is revealed in in the annual report, which is for a for a public company, they just go to ed, edgar.sec.gov and they can look at any of the business filings and that all of the math is already done for the candidate. They don't really have to know how to do the ratios. They just need to know to look for the solvency ratios, to look for profitability and liquidity, like working capital. And what was that website again? Um, it's Edgar. Mm-hmm. It's E-D-G-A-R dot S-E-C dot G-O-V. Outstanding. And, uh, one of the things I found too is that on a lot of company websites, they uh, will have a financial section where a lot of times they'll keep copies of the annual report as well that you can download. You know, not, now I'm going to really date myself again because I remember uh, years ago, back in the 80s, when I was graduating from the you know, wonderful University of Illinois, uh, to get an annual report, we used to have to go down to the library and hope that the library would have a copy of the annual report. So it's it's just so convenient now that. Really, uh, you know, on a website or Google or on that Edgar uh, website that you can get these financials, that's that's awesome information. And, um, you know, one of the things that we talked about in an earlier program, uh, as far as using an annual report to prepare for your interviews, uh, is to look at the mission statement on the annual report. And the reason that that's so important is the mission statement drives the entire direction of a company uh, or any given employer uh, for that matter. And every job ought to be related to ultimately achieving that mission. So if you know what the mission is of any particular organization, and the better you can show during the interview how in position yourself as being able to help that organization achieve their mission, uh, that's going to give you a, you know, a stronger hand going through the interview process. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested because, you know, there's people can get really confused with all these different statements and, and reports and, and stuff like that. If there was one or two things in particular that you would look for on the report like if one number was more important than the others what what would be the most important number would that be profitability would it be cash on hand would it be a debt to equity ratio what in your mind would be one of the more important numbers to focus on to prepare for an interview I would look at the revenue because it's usually segmented which tells a candidate how the company makes money And that's going to be the most important metric for the candidate to focus on is how important am I and why am I important? Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, this is, this is really exciting information. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't think about, 
you know, looking at the financials, when, when you approach an interview and a job opportunity, a lot of people are just so focused on the, the job at hand. And, and um, you know, when we come back from the break, I, I really want to dive in more on how, you know, how we can really use these financials to, number one, uncover things that we can say in the interview, and number two, um, you know, how we can get off to a strong start in the job because we were talking at the beginning of the program about the importance of, of getting off to a strong start. So so we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into these financials in a lot more detail. So with that, you're currently listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont on Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Also, check us out on Facebook slash Your Career Todd Bermont. If you have a question you want to ask, you know, that we can address on the program or a topic you'd like covered, post us on uh, Facebook.com. So stay tuned as we'll be discussing more about using accounting to land your ideal job. Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from many sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org. Tune in to Chamber Chat with your host, Courtney Galley and Samantha Good, with the Conroe Lake Conroe Chamber of Commerce every first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. I'm one of your hosts, Courtney Galley. Samantha and I will chat about the Conroe Chamber's upcoming events and programs for the month. Relax with a cup of joe or your favorite drink for Chamber Chat. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936-539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. You're going to need me. You're going to need us. All of us. You're going to need our help with your water, your air, your food. You're going to need our determination, our compassion. You're going to need the next generation of leaders to face the challenges the future will bring. And we promise we'll be there when you need us. Today, 4-H is growing the next generation of leaders. Welcome back. You are listening to Your Career, and I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont. Each week on Your Career, we'll be sharing valuable information you can use to further your career and land the ideal job. Our guest today is Heather Bain, and we are discussing how to use accounting practices to land your ideal job. And prior to the break, we were getting into some really complicated terms and and uh, what to look for when it comes to a, applying for a job. And, and, you know, Heather, I'd like to go back to some of the accounting 
terminology because this can be really confusing to folks that, you know, aren't in a financial field. Um, and, uh, you know, so we were talking about cash on hand. We were talking about profit and, and loss and, and revenue. And um, I'm curious, when we look at a financial statement, are we able to decipher like certain trends, like that the business is on a positive tra- trajectory or a negative, um, you know, trajectory? Uh, are we able to decipher some things that... Um, May we want to bring out as far as questions in the interview. You know, I'm I'm curious if we can glean some of that information from a financial statement. Well, absolutely, Todd. Um, there are four financial statements that are available from publicly traded companies, and and you mentioned three of the most popular ones: the income statement, the balance sheet, and the cash flow statement. We haven't really talked that much about the cash flow statement. Um, it's pretty easy to understand because it's segmented into three categories, um, operating cash flows and financing and investing. So a candidate could easily look at the operations side of it and see how much of the cash is coming in actually from what the business is doing as its core business. And that's where you want to focus most of your attention. However, If a company is not doing well, then you're going to see a big increase in their their financing, whether it's from debt financing or if they're issuing stock. Um, It's great if they're investing in equipment in the investing side, um, but generally speaking, investments usually mean debt unless they're growing organically. So that that's a, a key area to look at is comparing how much of their cash flow comes in from operations versus financing. Oh, that's, that's really good information. And do they show like multiple years of data on these reports or multiple quarters of, of data that, that can show any kind of trends? Yes. As a matter of fact, um, they show comparative data from year to year. And often in the management discussion and analysis, they will talk about prior years compared to the present year. So again, it's best for a a candidate not to have to do too much number crunching, but just to look at the data that's already presented. Yeah, that's, that's great feedback. So in other words, if, so like, let's say you're looking at the statements and quarter over quarter, year over year, you're seeing the uh, cash coming in from operations growing in a positive fashion, then uh, that would be a good sign where conversely, if, if it's going the other way and there's less cash and more debt, that could be a red flag. Is that basically what Absolutely. you're saying? Absolutely. And Todd, candidates need to be looking for a positive trend and an explanation in the management discussion and analysis that would show why there's a change. Because sometimes um, contracts are coming in and the money just hasn't caught up with the contracts. So the in the management discussion and analysis, it will explain um, whether there's a market trend that's happening and they're riding that trend. Or if it's a startup sort of operation, then um, as you well know, sometimes you're 
the company is doing a lot of work on the front end and there's a lot of money that will be coming in in subsequent years. That ha- And so a candidate doesn't necessarily need to see a red flag with um, declining financials or lack of growth if the management discussion is that there's a positive trend coming because they've been doing a lot of footwork in um, in their entrepreneurial aspects of the company, you know, marketing and growing the business and expanding segments of the business that will be successful in the future. Outstanding. Well, you know, and it's interesting because these trends can really point to uh, the need for positions as well from the standpoint that, you know, one positive to a negative, if you will, uh, from my perspective, if the numbers are, are going in the wrong direction, but they're looking to bring in a, some new blood and, and bring in somebody that can help turn that around for the company, you know, then it might not necessarily be a, a bad scenario if, if you're confident that in the role that you're going into, um, you know, maybe it's a sales role, maybe it's an advertising or marketing role, you know, maybe a company is creating a marketing position because maybe the last marketing person wasn't cutting it and they weren't getting the market recognition for the products. They weren't getting the market share for the products. And that was having a negative impact on the bottom line where potentially by bringing in the right marketing talent uh, or the right sales talent uh, that maybe it could turn things around. I mean, would, would you agree with that from your perspective? Yes, Todd, that's a great point. Um, company turn, you know, turning around their operations um, and bringing in new personnel, uh, that is a, a really great sign um, for the candidate because they're going to be a part of a mission and a vision that's e- expanding, growing, and changing. And it can be a really exciting environment for the candidate. It can also allow the candidate a lot of opportunity for growth within their career. Outstanding. You know, it's interesting when you when you look at the financials, that can really lead to a lot of questions that you might want to ask in the interview uh, related to the financials. So, so let's say that uh, the company is growing well. Uh, what might be some interesting questions to ask in the interview around that versus if a company is not doing well financially? Well. Um- Companies always enjoy knowing that the candidate is interested in the company. Um, it can it can get really dicey to ask very specific questions. Um, it it's shows an interest on behalf of the candidate if they alert their interviewer that I have noticed a trend. You know that the company is growing or is um, going into more debt. Can you tell me more about this rather than asking something too pointed that could put the, the interviewee on the spot? Uh, that's that's a great point because you never want to uh, put somebody on a defensive, uh, especially in an interview. And um, that's that's a great point because I, I really hadn't thought about the fact that semantics wise, just you could have the same question, but you phrase it too totally different ways and they can have two totally different impacts on the response from the person that you're interviewing with. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting on, I've been in scenarios where I've interviewed with companies that are really strong financially 
And a lot of times I've liked to ask an open-ended question like, boy, you, you folks are growing at double or triple the industry average. What do you attribute that success to? Or if sales have been stagnant, might ask a question that, uh, you know, I, I see that things have leveled off a bit. Uh, have there been certain government regulations or changes in the economy? Um, you know, what, what things have you seen that have impacted the business? You know, trying to ask more open-ended questions, ideally leading them to something that you could then position yourself towards as being able to sell yourself uh, into that job. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about in prior programs is the importance of being able to quantify and demonstrate a return on investment that, that you can bring to an organization. And uh, I can only imagine if you have a, a better understanding of the financials of a firm that uh, and articulate the return that you could contribute towards that bottom line, that that could position yourself very favorably with it, with a company um, you know, I'm curious when you work with a lot of small to medium sized businesses, do you see that, you know, what do you see as far as businesses hiring, uh, you know, are they looking for aspects that will contribute positively to bottom line? What are they focused on when, when they're hiring candidates from, from your perspective? Well, that's another great question, um, Todd. Most of the time companies, when they, when they put out their job description, they're only giving the duties and the requirements, and they're not really telling the candidate how they contribute to the organization. And most hiring managers would really like a candidate who shows an interest in making a real contribution rather than simply doing a duty, because duties do change over time. And as the company grows, that candidate may take on more responsibility, get a raise. Um, so it's very important that the candidate shows an interest in growing with the company and understanding what the company does and how they will impact the bottom line. So most of the small businesses that I've worked with, if they have any complaints about the people they've hired, it's that they take a more cavalier approach to their job and just clock in and clock out rather than really showing an interest in helping the company grow based on whatever revenue streams are already there and maybe even coming up with new ideas. Um, many companies really love a candidate that will present new and different ideas that can either be a cost savings or rev revenue generating. Oh, that's, that's great insight. And, you know, that's one of the things, listeners, I, I really want you to focus on. Because at the end of the day, when employers are looking to hire people, they're not looking to hire people just to be nice. They're looking to hire people, number one, to solve a business need. And ultimately, number two, to contribute to the top and the bottom line in the organization. That's what it's all about. Because at the end of the day, each individual has to contribute to the overall success of the company. So, wow, so much to say in, in so little time. It's, it's already time to go to a break. But when we come back, we're going to cover more really interesting information on, on using numbers and accounting in your job search and starting right on the job. So 
You are listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont on Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5, 106.1, and IRLoneStar.com. Also, check us out on Facebook slash Your Career Todd Bermont. Stay tuned as we'll be discussing more about using accounting to land your ideal job. Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from any sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org. Here we are, another morning in Montgomery County. It's 6 a.m. and all you can do is think about hitting that snooze button. But don't. Wake up with me, your morning radio host of Mornings of Lone Star Dick. Every weekday morning from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio, join me for some music, talk, interviews, giveaways, and of course Montgomery County's weather and traffic. I'm here to make your morning start. Every weekday morning, online at IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1 with Mornings with Lone Star. Did you know there are more than 790 abused and neglected children currently in foster care in Montgomery County? Will you help make a difference? I'm Allie Stevens with Costa Child Advocates of Montgomery County. We train and support volunteers to be the voice of children in the foster care system. Kids are moved from their home because of abuse and neglect, and we need volunteers just like you to advocate for these children. To learn more about becoming an advocate, please visit costaspeaksforkids.com. That's costaspeaksforkids.com. Welcome back to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont. Each week on Your Career, we'll be sharing valuable information you can use to further your career and land the ideal job. Our guest today is Heather Bain, and we are discussing how to use accounting practices to land your ideal job. And, and before I dive into more questions, Heather, how if somebody's interested in learning about your firm, because I'm sure we have some small business folks and medium-sized businesses in the audience as well. What's a good way to reach your organization? Well, I have a website. Um, And and that address? It's BainCPAFirm.com. BainCPAFirm.com? Yes, and they can send me an email, Heather at BainCPAFirm.com. Okay, great. So that's Heather at BainCPAFirm.com. Excellent. Well, Heather, you're a wealth of information, and I'm really, you know, I never thought that you could make a topic like numbers exciting, but uh, it, you know, it's so important when it comes not only to looking for a job, but the chances of your overall stability and being able to stay on that job are, are related to the financials big time. You know, and I, I'm Really curious, Heather, we talked about the fact that for public companies that there's a wealth of information that you can go to the Edgar website, you can uh, go to the company websites or employer websites and go to the financials section. Um, But what about, you know, for a company like mine, I don't do annual reports that I post to the web and stuff like that because it's a privately owned company. You know, so for small and medium-sized businesses, how can one go about finding information on those companies? Well, Todd, that's a really great point um, because most of the information is is 
completely private. Um, but there is at each Secretary of State website, there's a business filing section where a candidate could go just to look to see if they're in good standing with the state that they're that they're supposed to be filing in. Um, for Texas, it, there's um, the Secretary of State website, which is um, sos.texas.gov, and they can email um, a, a request for information about that company at um, corpinfo at sos.texas.gov, or they can call one of the numbers on the website to ask about the company's filing status. The most important information to look for is whether the company is in good filing status, meaning that they are up to date on their franchise taxes and their business filings and that they don't have any kinds of um, actual problems with, their, with, being, with doing business in that state. And then also they want to know what kind of business structure it is. Because private companies can still be corporations, and they can also be LLCs or partnerships. And it's important for the candidate to know who owns the business so that they know ultimately who is going to be looking at their paycheck and, and why they're on the payroll. That, that's great information. A couple of other suggestions I'd like to also add to that as well. Uh, something that I personally did because... You know, our homeowner's insurance skyrocketed this year. And it got to the point where I'm going to have to switch providers. And a couple of agents quoted me a company that I hadn't really heard of before. And so I called the state of Texas Department of Insurance. And they were able to provide me some interesting information on that company that helps solidify, you know, it's interesting because they could even tell me how many complaints the company received over the last couple of years as well. So, you know, depending on the type of employer you're interviewing with, the state of Texas has wonderful agencies that can provide help, whether it's the Department of Insurance or, you know, there are agencies that regulate the healthcare field and stuff like that as well. So uh, even if the company is not publicly traded, don't let that deter you from trying to get information on the company because there are other sources out there. And uh, Heather, I'd like to ask you, number one, if you could repeat those addresses because a couple of them were a bit confusing. And we'll also post these addresses, by the way, on, on the program page. And then I'm also curious if there's any other sources that people can look at as well, Heather. Yes, actually, the appraisal district um, has a website. In fact, in there's Montgomery County has a has an appraisal district, and also um, Harris County. You can it's it's HCAD is so you just Google HCAD mm-hmm. and it will pull up the appraisal district, and it has links to the other Texas counties. And even other states have appraisal districts. What a, what a candidate would be looking for is the value of the personal property assets and, and the real estate property that that company may own. That will give an idea of what kind of asset value the company may have. And, and it also will tell how large the building is, if it's a warehouse or 
if it's occupying an office space and the different locations. So even if the company doesn't have its own website, the candidate can find out how many different locations the company actually has in the state of Texas or any state if they already have a lead into that um, that county. Oh, and by going to the appraisal district, I, I would have never thought to, to, to utilize a resource like that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, because, you know, you think about it, if a company says we have all these locations, then you go to the appraisal district and they don't have many locations that that could be a potential red flag as well um and again those addresses for the secretary of state website as well as the email address if you could repeat those that would be great sure um it was sos.texas.gov is the secretary of state for texas okay and then you can email them at corp info at sos.texas.gov for free information, you can always do a search on the on the SOS Texas um, SOS Direct, but they do charge a dollar per search. So, uh, if candidate may not have the resources to do numerous searches, and um, you know because it requires a credit card and all of that, so hassle free would just be to send them an email at that corp info at SOS Texas dot gov. Um, and then you said the the Harris County website. It's um, the it's HCAD, which H-CAD. is H C A D. Okay, great, outstanding. All right. Well, before letting you go, Heather, I, I have to ask you a couple of personal questions because you, you always wonder what can drive somebody to want to get into accounting. You know, of all the fields that you could do, who would possibly want to do accounting what was it that attracted you to accounting? well that's a very funny question for me in particular because I never really aspired to be an accountant um, I thought of this the typical stereotypical um, coke bottle glasses and a pen and a huge paper spreadsheet and I didn't think that was really where I wanted to go with my career but accounting has become so much more in most accounting well in accounting firms it is a lot of number crunching but within companies in the private sector or even in a public company accounting department there are so many opportunities for even extroverted type personalities CFOs are accountants in a lot of cases Um, and in fact in most Fortune 500 companies, the CEO actually came out of accounting. So, really? yes, so leadership positions can be easily born out of accounting because they have a bird's eye view of the entire company and how it makes money. And to lead a company, a, a person must know how the company makes money and and where it could cut expenses, where it can grow revenue, and what better person to know about these these elements of the company than the accountant. So one one question I have, there's a lot of folks in the audience that, um, you know, we might be uh, middle-aged, if you will, and there may be some folks in the audience whose uh, careers have been outsourced or, uh, you know, the jobs have just flat gone away. 
And I'm curious, can somebody make a mid-career transition into accounting or is this something that, you know, really if you don't do it out of school, you then forget it? I'm really glad you asked that question because I did not actually major in accounting. I got an MBA in finance mostly, and then I decided I wanted to be a CPA. So once I already had a a career, HCC has a program that allows a, a candidate to enter the program, take about 11 or 12 classes in accounting, and then sit for the CPA exam. So that's what I per, that's what I personally did. Um, another thing that a person can do is start as a bookkeeper, and then apply um, once they've worked their way up into some sort of financial analysis type position, or they have more experience in accounting on the job. Um, IMA, which is the Institute for Management Accountant uh, Accountants will allow a person, if they have a degree and they have some experience in accounting and they pass an exam, to become the certified management accountant, which is the other designation, the CMA that you mentioned I was, earlier. I was wondering what that was. Yes. <laughs> so, and that is more of an internal private company accounting type um, credential because it's for CFO levels, cost accounting, and um, financial analysis. Outstanding. So, so that's, that's really good news. So that means that folks that are, you know, like me in the middle of, of a career, if you want to make a career change that, that you can do so to get into accounting that that's awesome news. So we are now at the end of our program. And, uh, if you want to learn more about these links, go to our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash your career. Also, remember to visit tcclearning.com to sign up for the Careers College. And uh, don't forget to check out Heather's company, BainCPAFirm.com. So thank you so much for listening to your career with Todd Bermont on Lone Star Community Radio. Have a successful day. Thanks for checking out this production on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's radio station. For more information on this show and other shows on Lone Star, check us out online at IRLoneStar.com. If you're interested in sponsoring a program on Lone Star Community Radio and reaching the local audience of Montgomery County on FM, Internet, and TV media, please call 936-647-5747. Or contact us online at IRLoneStar.com. This recording is a Lone Star Community Radio production. Produced by the show host and Dick Schistler of Lone Star Community Radio. Interested in volunteering as a music DJ or starting your own talk show? Yeah, contact Dick Schistler at Dick at IRLoneStar.com or by phone at 936-647-5747. 